Hey guys, it's me, Alex, and I'm here to introduce you to this episode of The Alex Cast, episode 125. Why not? Sure. Tonight I have on the show Brandon Seifert. He is a comic book author, writer. Can you say author? Why not? Comic book author. He deserves author. He deserves auteur, even. So uh, you might know him from Witch Doctor. That's where I found his work from, which is a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant comic book. Uh, really expertly drawn and written, so you guys should check it out. Uh, he's also uh, co-written uh, Hellraiser with Clive Barker, which is really badass because, well, it's Hellraiser with Clive Barker. You don't get much cooler than that. And you want to look out for him in January. He is writing for the great Marvel comics for Disney Kingdom Seekers of the Weird, which should be good. I've seen the cover of it. It looks great. And we talk about during the episode that uh, he's very impressed by the art, so that is going to be very cool. So yes, uh, I hope you guys enjoy it, and before we get to the actual show, don't start fast-forwarding. I don't like when you do that. I want to tell you guys to go to facebook.com slash thestandardpdx, and that is the Facebook address for the bar that sponsors the show. Yay! They give me booze! Huzzah! So go there. Uh, if you go on Mondays, it is uh, Local Vodka Monday, which I don't remember the name of it, but I can tell you, it's potato vodka, which is good. It's like Monopolova, but from Portland. It's Portland to Polova. Monoportlova, Martina Maravitolova, who cares? Wednesday, $1 hams night. Hams, it's a local beer. If you go there, you can get a pint of hams for a dollar. Sunday is $2 microbrew nights. You'll notice I forgot some nights of the week. They all have specials. I just don't know what they are. So just make them up. Go in, demand it. Say, Alex sent you, and he said that I get 50 cent uh, Michelob Ultras, and they won't sell it to you for 50 cents, but... You know, I don't particularly care. You know, just go. It's fun. So that's facebook.com slash the standard PDX. Um, you can find them in real life at 14 Northeast 22nd Avenue. That's right. 14 Northeast 22nd Ave. That's in beautiful Northeast Portland. And if you walk across Burnside, you're in beautiful Southeast Portland because that's the way Portland's laid out. But either way, the standard is a wonderful place and uh, we should all go there and have fun. Yes, that is it. I also am sponsored by audible.com. Go to my website, click the audible thing. You get a free audiobook. If you go there. So that'd be good. If you do that, you get a free audiobook and I get a percentage or uh, something like that. I don't know. I think I get like 15 bucks. So do that. Uh, and also sponsored by Amazon. Just click the Amazon link before you buy anything at Amazon and I get a very small percentage, but it does add up over the years. If you don't live in a town with a comic book store, go to alexcast.com, click on the Amazon link, buy Periphery by Alex Bolin and buy everything by Brandon Seifert. Everything. I'm assuming they sell it there. But if you live in a town with a comic book store, support your local comic book store. It's important. It's uh, where young men find cool things to read. But yeah, and I'm even saying that I'm losing money by saying that. But you know, do that because uh, I like comic book stores and I hope for them to survive into the future. And yes, that is it. Cool. So I hope you guys enjoy the episode. I very much enjoyed meeting Brandon, and I hope he comes back again in the future when he has more projects and more time. Which, uh, with the schedule that he is on, uh, let's. Let's shoot for 2015, but that is good for him because, you know, he's working for the mouse and that's badass. So cool. Um, all right. Uh, enjoy the episode.
guys, it's me, Alex, and I am back in the echo chamber, and I have with me a lovely, lovely young man from, uh, well, from Witch Doctor, you would know him, I talked about it on the thing, he's a really fun comic book that I was impressed with, so I went out and sent him an email and used all of my powers of wooing to get him in the studio, and thankfully he has been gracious enough to join us, so uh, Mr. Brandon Seifert. That's right. And I pronounce his name correctly, he and did. I wish for you guys to do as well if you ever speak to this man. So yeah, uh, thank you for joining me again, and it's uh, uh, very nice of you to take time out of your incredibly busy schedule. Absolutely, thank so, you for having me. Yeah, so uh, before I, I'm the king of getting distracted, let's just get this out of the way. The book you're working on now, Disney Kingdom's Seekers of the Weird. Yeah. And yep, that's one of the one of the books I'm working on. What, uh, what the, the one that just got announced? What is? Which, congratulations, by the way, because the word Marvel and the word Disney yeah, is right? a very very cool yeah. thing to have when you are a man that writes comic books. Yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Sorry, I think you were starting to ask a question. Oh no, I was just going to ask yeah. what the uh, oh, okay. what the other stuff uh, that's in the in the pan right now. Um, right now, uh, right now, actually, it's mostly that one, and then uh, we're wrapping up um, Hellraiser: The Dark Watch, which is uh, I've been co-writing it with Clive Barker. It's the it's the current Hellraiser ongoing series, and I pitched um, when I came onto the book um, based on what Clive wanted to do with it. I pitched twelve issues, and they've decided that after we you know after we do the twelve issues, they're going to finish. They're going to end this series and then start something else. Um, and issue 12 has just gotten solicited. Issue nine just came out and then issue 12 is coming out in January on, I think the same day that Seekers of the Weird starts, which is neat. So those are the two, those are the two main things that have gotten announced. I have a couple other things. I have a, I have a 10 issue series that I'm done with and I don't have any idea when it's actually going to get announced. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's a bunch of stuff like that. So there's, you know, some of it is, uh, projects. Uh, for other people using other people's ideas. And then some of it is, um, you know, creator own stuff from me that I originated. Uh, and unfortunately, the, the vast majority of the stuff I'm working on right now, I can't talk about yet. Oh, which yeah. Which always makes it exciting. Uh, but yeah, so the, the two, the, the two that I really can talk about that are currently active right this second, um, are Disney Kingdom Secrets of the Weird for Marvel slash Disney and, uh, and Hellraiser the Dark Watch. That's very cool. Uh, now, uh, when you're working with Clive Barker, just because that's kind of a uh, little giddy fanboyness from mm -hmm. uh, from my youth, mm -hmm. is that so? You, you guys work, I mean, close together? No, like no, a, not at all. Not not at all? Okay. No, okay. it's by the time this wraps up, like, yeah, uh, uh, Dark Watch is it's twelve issues, um, and those are the ones I've been co-writing with Clive. And then prior to that, I also did a full-length story for last year's Hellraiser annual, and I did a four-issue miniseries uh, that was Hellraiser. So in total, I have done I've written seventeen issues. I've had no direct contact with him yet. <laughs> Uh, it's all gone through uh, either um, my my wonderful editor at Boom, Chris Rosa, or through Clive's amazing uh, film company, uh, Seraphim. Um, Clive is a very very busy man, um, and you know he has always had rep the reputation as as being kind of a recluse. Uh, and then his health hasn't been that great the last couple of years. Um, last year I, I was getting, uh, on the first thing that I did, which was the annual, um, that was, he had actually gone into a coma, uh, oh. because of, yeah, no, this was, this was a big health scare with him last year. He'd gotten toxic shock syndrome and gone into a coma. And so I was, you know, there was a couple week gap in communication where I didn't hear from them. And I was like, is the project, is it still happening guys? And they're like, Oh no, it's fine. He just came out of the coma. Everything's good. Here are the notes that his assistant transcribed from his hospital bed. And I was like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so no actual direct contact. Um, Good. I mean, he's got pretty good reason that. Yeah, yeah no, exactly. I mean, right? just, yeah, no, I'm just oh, being yeah. busy. Oh uh -huh. yeah. That little coma. Yep, all of them. Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, that, yeah, that stuff. So yeah. 
Um, yeah, and but- you know, that's not me talking out of class. You know, they were, they were very, I learned about this, you know, uh, the same way everybody else did, you know, from them talking about it publicly. Oh, wow. But, yeah. uh, but yeah. Yeah. That's, well, good for him to get out. That's, that's, you know, that's coming out of a coma and then continuing to write. That's a, yeah, right? that's a really cool finish to that because yep. those, those yep. don't go that way often. Yeah. Yep. Not that I'm, you know, it's one of those uncomfortable things where it's like, I wish him well, but I've never met the man and I don't mm-hmm. want to sound like some kind of groveling thing, but thumbs up, Clive. I'm very happy you're woken up from a coma. So when you're doing Hellraiser, and actually I saw that you were, I did not read this one, I apologize, but the, uh, the, you wrote for Doctor Who at some point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you handle that with a pre-existing character with more so the Doctor, I guess, but Hellraiser's got quite a bit of mythos behind it as well. Like the vast amount of story and character that's, that's there before you approach. I mean, do you have to just, go into a library and not talk to someone for a few months or i mean it really depends it depends on the source material in both those cases like um you know with uh with dr who i'm a huge fan um you know i was i was a huge fan that's why i was you know that was one of the projects that i that i got because i was actively courting it and trying so hard to actually get it um and so in that case like i did i did have to do a whole lot of research for it um but that was that was refresher research it wasn't like new research yeah um, you know, I'd already seen, you know, I didn't have to like go and be like, oh, yeah, I have to watch this TV show now. It wasn't anything like that. Um, with, with Hellraiser, it was honestly similar, but it was my, my, um, my reference point was when I was much younger. Um, when I got into horror initially in high school, um, uh, the two big ones for me were Clyde Barker and, um, and HP Lovecraft. Um, which is, you know, it's a much, it's the Lovecraft is much more obvious as a touchstone in my work. Uh, just because I'm, you know, I'm like, oh, well, here's the old ones. Yeah. Ah, uh, where, but Clive's stuff is really like, I look at my work and I look at something like Witch Doctor and it's very, very heavily influenced by, um, Clive's stuff that I read when I was in high school, just in, in much more oblique ways. Like there's a lot of storytelling lessons that I learned from it that I'm implying, you know, applying in there without making them blatant. Uh, but yeah, in that case, in the case of Hellraiser, you know, I'd seen the first four movies. Um, and then I'd, you know, read some of the comics. I'd read the Hellbound Heart. I'd read all the novels and short stories and everything that I could get my hands on back, you know, at that time. And so since then, again, it's been like a refresher. Um, and it was made easy, um, on me because in the comic series, the only two movies that are canon are the first two and none of the rest of them are canon. So I didn't have to go watch any of the direct to video ones. And I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna choose, you know, for similar reasons, uh, now that I've watched, um, A New Hope, um, uh, Empire and Jedi again. I will never go back and watch the prequel trilogy because I'm not going to willfully do that to myself. That's very smart. So yeah. yeah, so it's the same kind of thing with Hellraiser, except I just avoided those. You know, I, I avoided all the the bad ones. Yeah. Um, from the beginning. So yeah, so you know, you know, in these cases, it is you know, and I'm sure in the future, you know, I'll I'll you know, there'll be situations where it's not like that, and I do have to do a bunch of research. Um, but you know, most of that, you know, in most cases, it's you know, it's a bunch of Netflix and it's a bunch of um, you know, reading comics on the internet. Yeah. Usually. Now, if you, I mean, with the, when taking over more, I guess more so for the doctor, but, um, I, more so, I guess, note wise, like, not that you would do this, but 
let's say you handed in a thing that said, uh, oh, well, in this case, well, he dies and gets regenerated as the dog from season four, and that's his 11th, you know, like, you just do something so drastic, well, that's a terrible yeah, story, but you yeah, know what I'm saying, can. like, yeah. are there, like, is there, like, a almost like a script bible of, like, all right, you have to stick with this is going to be his face for this long, or, no, you know? um, I mean, the thing about licensed comics is, you know, they're all just treading water, and you go into that, you know, okay. any kind of licensed thing, you go into it knowing you can't, you can't do any you know, you can't make any major changes. You can't, you can't even make the kind of major changes you would make, you know, on a Marvel or DC, DC book where, you know, it's a major change. Oh, you know, Spider-Man is totally, Peter Parker's totally, you know, you know, things have happened and it's a different character and stuff. And I don't want to spoil it for people who are listening. Yeah. I actually but, knew what um, you're saying there. I'm like, no, oh, you, I would hope that everybody yeah. does, whether I'm talking about, you know, ultimate Spider-Man or current or, you know, regular universe yeah. Spider-Man or whatever. That's, you know, that's not, you know, it's it's kind of shocking that that's lasted as long as it has uh in that case because all you know everything major by and large everything major ends up getting reset you can't even do that on a licensed book um you know it's there is there is not even the illusion of change that you have on other titles so it's not you know there is no temptation for me to be like yeah. oh you know this is you know the doctor regenerates or you know you know, maybe I could get away with doing, you know, I have a, I have a, you know, new companion story that I would like to write, but it would just be, you know, by the nature of it, it would not be a long-term companion. It would just be like, you know, a one-off or an occasional kind of thing. But yeah. even that, like, I'm not gonna, you know, you know, in last year, um, um, I really wanted to, I really want to write River Song comics. Are you yeah. familiar with? Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. All right. Just want to make sure. Um, I really would love to write comics with River in them. And I, you know, pitched some stuff to IDW initially and, you know, and, and kept asking and they finally got back to me and were like, oh, we can't, yeah, we're not, we're not allowed to. Um, and then, you know, cause the BBC was not letting people use her. Uh, and then once Stephen Moffat, the showrunner kind of wrapped up her arc, uh, in the final episode of this most recent season, now apparently they are considering, they will consider it, you know, store on a story by story basis doing river stories. And so I would love to do something like that. But, you know, in a case like that, if you can't even use characters like that at all, if you can't yeah. even touch them, you know, it's, you know, it's, there's no, you know, there's no point in walking in there and being like, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to change everything and everything, you know, is wrong because you're not actually going to get the job and it's just oh, yeah, wasting yeah. everybody's time. Yeah, I didn't so. necessarily be that big of a change, but, you know, so I was curious, but that's actually, it's... It's strangely because I would think it's limiting, but now that you've described it, it's like kind of liberating. No, it is absolutely. You get to yeah. do like in bottle yep. episodes yeah. to use no, the it's, TV it's, term. That's um, fun. Yeah. yeah, no, that's and people always, you know, people always ask that. You know, is it limiting? Is continuity limiting? I think continuity is immensely freeing, and that's part of why, um, you know, this is, you know, you know, as a writer, as a creator, you're either walking in and there's this blank page in front of you, and you have to fill the entire damn thing out of your brain. And that's a huge amount of work. It's a huge amount of thinking and figuring stuff out. And you don't have, you know, none of the, you don't have anything there. You don't have any building blocks or anything to start with. But if you're, if you're doing something like Doctor Who or Hellraiser or a superhero book or anything else like that, you've already got all these different things that you can use. Um, and for me, it, it honestly makes it a lot easier. Uh, it just means that, you know, there are some things, you know, it, it, it makes it easier while, but yes, it all it is also still limiting because I can't, you know, I can't say, you know, uh, you know, the doctor is, 
Yeah, he's not actually from Gallifrey after all, or whatever. Yeah, it turns out the um, master is one of his later you know, or, or you know or whatever. Yeah. So I can't, yeah. you know, I can't do that. You know, so it it does limit some story possibilities, but there is just such a wealth of material to draw from, and that's where the you know the Doctor Who issues I did. I only did two issues, and what I did was watching the Matt Smith seasons and watching you know Amy and Rory as the companions. There was one story watching those that I felt like they were not actually telling and that I really wanted them to tell, which was the Dr. Rory buddy episode because there are a few different times when the doctor and Rory have to team up and Amy's not there. And that chemistry I loved. Um, And I really wanted to see an entire episode devoted to that. So the thing that I pitched IDW, this was like, so, you know, this is me looking at all the stuff that's already there and saying, there's a hole here. There could be a story in that hole. I should write the story that fills that hole. Um, and so what I did was it was a time travel road trip buddy comedy between the doctor and, and Rory where Amy, they're squabbling so much that Amy tries to force them to go on a like male bonding night yeah. out, which makes them so uncomfortable that they try to skip past it using the TARDIS, which of course goes horribly wrong. And so they end up having to spend weeks together trying just to get back to where they left Amy, which of course is in the middle of, you know, a big, you know, fiction or, um, historical disaster. Uh, in England because it's Doctor Who. Yeah. Um, so it was, it was extremely fun to write. And it was one of those where because it only existed because of all the building blocks that were already there and because of all the toys that were in that particular sandbox. Um, so yeah, so I don't, and I honestly like, you know, I hear that a lot from people about how, you know, continuity is limiting or it's, you know, it's harder to do. I don't find, I don't find it that way. I find it. I find it the opposite. I find making up an entire thing from scratch is the most difficult thing in the world for me. So in most cases, if I'm creating something new, I'm not actually. Witch Doctor is really, really heavily based on folklore and mythology and biology and medicine. So it's basically that's our continuity. And I'm trying to, you know, our continuity is, you know, uh, vampire folklore from, you know, the, the 18th century. Uh, and, you know, mixed with the history of smallpox and mixed with, you know, these different things. And so that's, that's how, that's kind of my workaround for that is, you know, most of my projects, um, are existing in a sandbox, whether or not they seem like they would be, uh, just because I do, I do find that the easiest, the easiest and most, uh, satisfying way to write. Yeah. No, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, that's, uh, I do understand, like, I'm coming from, I, I come from, like, a short story, a novel writing background, but, man, the temptation after finishing a book to just do, not necessarily a sequel, but it's like, oh, man, I already created a whole world yeah, for these right? people to live in, like, yeah. I should just do more stuff in there, like, all the yep. hard work's done, like, now yeah. I can just, so that's, that, and that Rory story sounds really fun, I have to pick that Thank up, because that's, yeah, no, yeah, I had... uh, that story was immensely fun to write and absolutely terrifying to write because I love that show so yeah. much. It's like it and um, there's only a couple other things in pop culture right now that speak to me as much as that show has. Uh, and so it's basically my favorite thing that's actually yeah. happening right now. And I, as far as I still, still as far as I know, that may be the only chance I ever get to actually touch it in any kind of official way. And so I had to get it right. And if I hadn't, I had to get it right for myself, whether anybody else liked it or anybody else, you know, thought it was right. I had to get it right for myself. Yeah. Uh, and it's one of the things I'm happier that I've done. Like there's, you know, there's a lot of things I'd change about it, but 
I am really happy with how it turned out. Well, that's I think a it's, great you know, idea. Nothing so, else. Yeah. It's it was, you know, and it's something that it's something I keep encountering that on projects that I'm really invested in. Is I get to a point where I'm like. This is supposed to be fun for me. It's not. I'm miserable. I'm making myself miserable. What do I have to do? What do I have to do in the story to actually have fun with it again? And in, you know, I hit that point in Witch Doctor in issue two, which is why, you know, there's shark cage diving from with the creature from the Black Lagoon. Oh, yeah. And the doctor shakes an evil baby. That's how, yeah. that's how I figured it. That's how I, how I made Witch Doctor fun for me again. And then after that, I was fine. And then in Doctor Who, it's things like, you know, Rory hits a saber-toothed tiger in the face with a magazine. That's awesome. And they yeah. go camping on the moon. Yeah. The end. And there's a giant gorilla. And so it, you know, it's, so yeah, so I, I yeah. had a huge amount of fun with it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, now that you pointed out, I never would have thought of it, but now that the, the, you know, cage diving with a creature from the Black Lagoon, I'm like, of course that's why that's there. Like, <laughs> now it's like, oh, that's, oh, the, oh, I get that now. Like, now that it's been a, you know, that illumination moment, never would have picked it out. Fits so naturally in the story, but it's like, well, oh, yeah, it's the it's, fun part. Yeah. What's funny <laughs> about that also is looking back on it, part of how I made that series fun by including that moment was by shoehorning in a completely different comic series that I want to do, which is, you know, it's the, this, the comic series where they do things like go cave diving with the creature from the black. Yeah. Moon. And that's another, that's another project that I'm working on that I've sort of soft announced, uh, which is it's, um, um, yeah, sorry. I just kind of segued into this huge, weird story that I can't really, it's very difficult to sum up, but, um, but yeah, so let's, let's move on. Uh, yeah. No worries. Shall we? Yeah. No, I, I but yeah. So basically like there is, there is, I have another comic that is, yeah. it's all, you know, Cage diving with the creature from the Black Lagoon, radio tagging the Loch Ness monster around the Hollow Earth in eighty days. All this, like, it's basically witch doctor, except without with instead of biology and medicine, it's archaeology, paleontology, adventure fiction. It's all yeah. this stuff. So no, yeah. that sounds really anyway, fun. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. No, it's it's gonna be like, it's gonna be really fun for me, if nobody else. No, I'll have fun with that. That that that's the kind of stuff I like. There's. These few little jumps, like, uh, you know, especially with now the, the Disney thing, nothing made me happier than, and I didn't even read the whole issue. I just read the little part where, um, Indiana Jones finds, uh, uh, Bigfoot. Did you read that issue? No. Huh. Oh, there's one, there's one where Indiana Jones in a comic book finds Bigfoot in the forest. Mm -hmm. Now he finds it near the, uh, rusted out Hulk of what could be a spaceship. Now, okay. well, guess what the shape of the spaceship is and the, Certain oh yeah, Vulcan. that's right. Yeah, yeah. No, I know which one you're talking about. It's, yeah, I was. I mean, it's not like the greatest book ever, but it's just so damn perfectly amusing for my like whatever little childhood me is still left in there of of you know Indiana Jones meets Chewbacca. Like yeah. that's yep. that's too. Yeah, that's. Fun. I mean, that's. Yeah. I was on a panel with uh, another comics writer. Um, I think it was two years ago at Stumptown, and he was like, you know, we were talking about doing you know licensed. Basically, we were talking about uh, working on other people's ideas in the form of licensed comics or in the form of, you know, of working for Marvel or DC or whatever, uh, versus creating, creating our own stuff. And he was like, you know, I, I don't just, as an adult, I don't just want to do the things that would have entertained me when I was eight. And I was like, see, I'm the exact opposite. <laughs> the entire point of this career is that I get to do all the things I would have loved to do when I was a kid. Yeah. And if I'm not doing that internally for me, uh, you know, you know, there's, there's not really much of a point and that's, you know, that's going to be different for everybody. But for me, that's it. Uh, you know, yeah, no, that, that's, so, that's yeah. a good way to approach it. You know, it's, 
keep your inner child amused. And I, I, I don't know, the entire aging thing, maybe I'm just a man child, but the entire aging thing seemed overrated that you mean when I was young and had all the potential in the world and boundless imagination, why should I stop doing that? <laughs> that's, that's what you should be. That's the point of creativity. Just do it without all the, you know, having to go to first grade crap that's, you know, mixed in between. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, what other, uh, well, you know, I, I guess I can ask you this and just, you know, you can be evasive. Uh, what would be your dream get in the, you know, the, whatever universe that dc marvel i mean if you don't want to say dc oh, you work for no, yeah i is there one um book? no actually um the thing is like um you know there there are some dc characters i really like i've never been a huge i've never been hugely interested in dc but there's some you know mostly like you know some dc characters mostly on the vertigo end of things that i really like and you know i'd certainly be interested in in writing and then on the Marvel end, there's a bunch of characters that I would love to write. But the thing is, the stories that I want to tell with them are not stories that they would ever let me tell. Oh, okay. Um, it's things like, I love, I love the X-Men, but the X-Men that I loved were the X-Men, uh, during Grant Morrison's run, where he took the whole thing, he took the whole X-Men concept and made it this great science fiction, um, you know, part of it was, you know, he really took the allegory for, for mutants as, um, as disenfranchised people and really ran with it, uh, in a way I found much more convincing than I had in the past. So there was that aspect. And then he also explored the science fiction. Like, you know, this is, you know, the, basically the idea that, you know, the first, um, you know, the first, the next step, step of human evolution is the first major new um disenfranchised ethnic minority in the 21st century i love that idea yeah. most x-men comics are about them going to space yeah very true yeah. uh and that doesn't you know so the things that i would want to do and it's the same thing with pretty much you know with, with all the things that i love there in at marvel dc um the things that i love about them and i want to focus on are so far removed from how the characters are usually presented that, you know, even if I did write them, it wouldn't be that. Yeah. It's the same way that, you know, the, the Hellraiser comics I've been writing are not the Hellraiser comics that I would have wanted to write um, because the things that I would want to do with it are not things they're going to let me do. Um, and because, like, the current state of the continuity and everything is very different from, you know, from where I grew up. And so I've had a really, I've had a really good time writing those and it's been very satisfying. Um, and it's, you know, it's, it's overall, it's been a really, really good experience. But if you ask me what my Hellraiser plot is, it's something completely different. Yeah. Uh, and it's not something I could actually do on that series now because of what's, you know, what's coming before. Yeah. And there's, you know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. I, you know, I'm not, you know, I, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to misinterpret and think I'm upset about this. It's just, you know, it's just, you know, it's just one of those things. That's just how, that's how this stuff works. Um, so, yeah. yeah. So, I, I I mean, the upshot of that is I don't really have, you know, everybody thinks that I'm going to write Doctor Strange or everybody wants me to write Doctor Strange. And like all Marvel char Marvel's characters, that's one of the ones I think would be the biggest challenge just because I have so little actual connection to that character. Yeah. Um, you know, which, you know, people say, oh, you should write Doctor Strange. I'm like, I am. It's called Witch Doctor. Yeah, that's, that's about the closest I you know. I was gonna I, ask you. Well, I was gonna ask you. It's a DC character, but I don't. I don't know Doctor Strange that well either. But Constantine. Which, yeah, no, I'd I don't. Love, know, yep. I don't know if you ever read him, but oh yeah, not no, to say yeah. that there's yep. influence. Yeah, he's, but there's, he's one of those. A, he's know, one of the the handful over yeah. there that I'd be really interested in doing. See, you would be interested but, in that because yeah, I think yeah, I'd have a hard time not just writing 
you know, witch doctor, but it's, he's going to smoke cigarettes. Is, you know, um, for me, like there are so many different gradations of jerk. Yeah. Um, and for me, you know, um, Doc Morrow is such a specific gradation of it. And it's, you know, it's, and maybe that's just, you know, maybe that's just to me internally. Like a lot of people compare him to house. Uh, and of course they do. And in part, you know, that's because that, you know, that's how we promoted it because, you know, it yeah. made sense to promote it that way. I don't think of, I don't think those characters house is a jerk because he is very, very angry and actually wants to hurt people's feelings. Uh, Morrow is a jerk because he either doesn't care or isn't paying attention. Um, and so it's, it's an extremely different place that they're coming at and an extremely different approach that they're going to take in situations. So it's like, I could totally, I feel like I, I, you know, I would love to, I, I would be interested in writing house, uh, not, not super interested because like, I like that show, but I couldn't even get through the entire first season because it's like, I can't do the, the procedural thing doesn't work that well for me. Mm. Like I, I need, I need more of a structure than that. Um, so, you know, I'd, I'd love to write house. I'd love to watch, you know, uh, movie versus Tony. I'd love to write movie versus Tony Stark. I'd love to write BBC Sherlock. Um, and these are all jerks. These are all kind of snarky jerks, but they are such different kinds of snarky jerks. Um, and I would, I would really enjoy it. And then, yeah, Constantine is a very different or Constantine. So I don't want to be writing this Keanu Reeves version. I'd like to be writing the more Alan Moore version oh, where they're always yeah, yeah. reminding you and yeah. nobody remembers. They're always reminding you that his last name actually rhymes with Valentine and nobody ever actually remembers. So like I would like to write Constantine and, you know, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, or if it did, you know, it's the same kind of thing as what the kind of Constantine I would like to write is so out of line with everything that's going on at DC. You know, it's not, you know, it's not. Um. It's, yeah, it's, it's very, just, very yeah, it's just not gonna ha- yeah, yeah, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say nothing's impossible. I never would have yeah. thought that I would have gotten to do any of the stuff I've gotten to do since I started. I never would have thought this career would have worked in the, you know, at all. Like, I still am confused how that happened, but, yeah. you know, uh, uh, not, not hugely likely. Yeah. So, well, just keep doing what you're doing and yep. yeah, maybe you will because fuck it. You know, couldn't, couldn't hurt to, you know, take on, uh, you know, uh, like I, that thought kind of died on the pad because I was going to compare you, okay. and then well, it was it's... one of those like, eh, why am I saying that? That's just yeah. you know, I was trying yeah. to like hopefully just dodge something else. But uh, no, you're right. That jerk thing uh, really worked out. Yeah, because um, Moro reminds me more of, and not necessarily Spart, but the um, I'm trying to think of his name, uh, uh, Zaphod from uh, Hitchhiker's okay. Guide, yeah. where it's kind of yeah, no, and that's yeah, yeah that is one of those um, yeah, there, there's a there's a bit about. Uh, there's a bit about Zaphod in one of the books that's not in, I don't think it made it into any of the adaptations, but it's a that's bit. That's the one I'm thinking it's of. It's a bit, yeah, Trillian, or no, what I'm, what I'm thinking of is Trillian is, is, there's a, there's a section where it's, it's a couple paragraphs of all the different, um, versions of Zaphod pretending to be dumb. Zaphod is, that, that Trillian has encountered. You know, there's Zaphod pretending oh, to be dumb because yeah, he yeah. can't be bothered to actually think about it. There's him pretending to be dumb because he's already figured it out, but he doesn't want you to. There's him pretending to be dumb. And there's just this huge list of different him pretending to be dumbs. And I do like characters like that. Yeah. And that is something that I've thought of in terms of, of, uh, uh, with Morrow. And I can't remember at this point. It's been long enough that I don't remember what the actual link was there, but, uh, it is a thing where, like, you know, there's a lot going on under the surface, and some of the stuff that's going on under the surface is he just can't be bothered. Yeah, 
That's what's fun so. about it too. And I also love if I can just randomly compliment one part of the book, the uh, the umbrella. I think is is beautiful. I, I don't know if that's uh, well, thank you from something, but that's no. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, no, it's um, yeah, that's something that I made up just because it made sense to me uh, that you know if you need like how are you going to carry a circle of protection around and you know coming up with some sort of solution for that. I love that umbrella, but honestly, like. You know, I've come to realize over time it would have made a lot more sense in something like, you know, in something like um, Hellblazer or something like that. Because it's not – what I one of the things I really like about Witch Doctor uh, is the medical uh, metaphor. Mm. Um, and umbrellas don't really have much to do with medicine. That's so it's true. like I love that. I, that's one of those things that I love fiercely and secretly wish that I put it in a different project. Where it would have made more sense. Yeah, that's so. that's fair. I mean, for as a reader, I was like, oh, how cool yeah, is that? Good. You know, yeah. it's no, I really enjoy yeah. that. Uh, what's your? Do you have like an occult background, or are you just a? Uh, no, I have a I have a journalism background. Oh, okay. which is funny because people, uh, I, you know, I've gotten that a few times. But what people usually ask is, do I have a medical background? And I, you know, I do get that occasionally from medical professionals, not usually from doctors, but sometimes from med students yeah. or, um, you know, from um, um, EMS personnel or nurses or stuff like that and it always makes me really happy because yeah. it means i fooled them yeah well done but yeah, yeah no i don't have any all my only background is you know i have a background in journalism so i'm really good at reading things mm. um and to the point that i yeah i can convince people that i actually know what i'm talking what i'm talking about when i'm you know just you know making it up yeah no you do what you do so, well I, I, I i'm pretty I versed that. in the occult like not that sounded weird i mean i mm-hmm. like reading about it not yeah. i yeah. i've no, got grimoires or whatever but yeah, yeah you've got i, I an, appreciate you clarifying that for me yeah well it's you know it's weird now you can find out how to do chaos magic on youtube yeah. so no it's have, it's all <laughs> and i i find all that I, you know this is something i always get pegged as a as a horror guy because that's how i broke in because um you know the, the first thing i started doing was witch doctor and so everybody assumes that that and and because i did well with it and because i had kind of you know a take that people have have, have found interesting um you know people think that that's what i want to be doing but it's not i'm much more of a science fiction person which is why you know witch doctor has i'm not going to say more actual science in it than any other you know, American comic being published right now because, you know, there may other, you know, there may be some others that I haven't read, but it has more than the vast majority of even science fiction comics. Um, and it's, you know, it's just because that's, you know, that's where my heart lives. So I'm sticking all this, all this actual science, um, into the comic. But, um, Oh, where was I going with that? Um, magic, magic and the supernatural. It's not my first love, but it's something that I find really interesting and it's something that I find really easy to write in part because of the thing I was talking about earlier where that stand- sandbox is already there. Yeah. And it's huge. And there's so many interesting things in it that you can, that you can take. There's so many, you know, just obscure bits of, you know, the Nabrock trousers, uh, in Iceland. Um, there is this magical artifact that sorcerers would make by skinning the lower half of somebody uh who who just died and turning it into a pair of pants and As you, you would, when you yeah. yeah like you do <laughs> uh and we if you wear those pants the catch is you have to wear them all the time the, you know the dead guy the, the 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 dead dead man's trousers i can't remember the other terms for it if you wear them uh the scrotum of those pants starts filling up with gold and just keeps oh. doing that the entire time so it's a way to get unlimited gold that's like a thing that people actually believed in. Yeah. That is a thing that people actually believed in the muse- the Icelandic Museum of Witchcraft and Wizardry. Or I can't remember the actual name of it, but it's close to that. They have a pair. They have a preserved pair of uh, dead man's pants of Nabrock trousers. Wow. Like, and that's just that's just one example from one place. Yeah. And, and you know, in one time period. 
And so to me, like it's fascinating and weird and there's so much of it. Um, and a lot of it is so much weirder. I never would have thought of that. Never in a million yeah. years would have thought of that. But That's somebody really else did for me. And so I can just use it. What's great about, I love when you find out little things like that, little, you know, little stories from the past on that level where it's so simple to disprove. And yet there's a name for it. And it's well, like after yep. the first guy didn't have a, well, essentially a reattached ball sack full of gold, mm -hmm. you would think, oh, well, that didn't work. Yep. I mean, let's, yeah. let's move on to, but somehow this, yep. this no. became a thing. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. Just, oh, okay. Well, it's, what's going on, King, yep. whatever. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it's the same way with any, you know, the hand of glory or any of the, you know, it's, oh, I made this candle out of, uh, you know, the hand, severed right hand of a hanged man. Yeah. And, uh, when I lit it, it didn't like paralyze anybody in the building so I could rob them. What gives? Yeah. What? Yeah. Yeah. We're, yeah no, uh, it's, yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Calling your, calling your book horror, I guess, it didn't occur to me that it'd be horror. Like uh, yeah, it's, no, it's not. It's not yeah, at all. That's, that's how, just yeah. how we bill it. Um, uh, it's you know, interesting. It's, and there me. are some really, you know, there's some really disturbing things in it. Yeah. Um, which, like, I don't, you know, I have to point that self out, you know, I have to point that out to myself because I don't consider them disturbing. Like, I don't, you know, it's, it's not, I don't consider it graphic. I don't consider it gory, but there's all this, like, weird stuff that happens and all this, you know, parasites erupting from people's yeah. bodies and, like, all this, stuff and just because there's no blood and the only guts that we see are like we're only seeing them because the dude's skin has been made transparent and so you can see through him yeah. um you know I, so for for me i don't i don't really think of it that way like it's definitely like urban fantasy dark fantasy but i don't really perceive it as horror we just build it that way because you know horror medical drama yeah oh you no know? i yeah that yeah. side makes sense but yeah. it's it's odd yeah. that i mean i guess i just didn't read the billing because it is just like it's a uh you know I don't even know how you'd put it, but it, yeah, it just reminds me of, you know, like a Harry Dresden novels or, or you know, well, it's just, it's just dark fiction, you know, uh, yeah, that, so there happens to be exploding, you know, frogmen from, you know, uh, deep in the sewers or, you know, whatever those guys were. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's, it's, um, I would definitely say there's definitely a horror aspect to it, and then I get why, you know, I get why people yeah. associate it with horror, but, you know, it's, it's, to me, I don't, it's honestly really hard for me to write horror, um, it's very hard for me to not cut it with other things because horror is one of those genres. Like there's a bunch of different kinds of genres and different kind of categories of genres. And some of them are, are like, you know, um, urban fantasy. Uh, that's a setting combined with a set of tropes. Like, you know, and in that case, it's magic. Uh, whereas horror, all, you know, horror is just, it's intended to scare or disturb you. Stories intended to scare or disturb you. Comedy is, you know, under the current definition, uh, comedy is stories intended to amuse you, make you laugh, stuff like that. So for me, it's really hard to do horror without mixing. It's hard for me to just do a story that's that's out to scare people without, you know, making one that's also out to make them laugh sometimes or like mixing in other other kinds of genres. Um, so Witch Doctor is just kind of, you know, it's most of the books that most of the things I do are kind of a mishmash of a bunch of different genres. So witch doctor, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's, there's a horror element, there's an urban fantasy element, there's a science fiction, you know, adventure, action, um, comedy. Melodrama. Yeah, it is, it is fun. Like, so, not to thank you. I mean, stress on the, the yeah. it, there is a, there is a joyousness in there that it's really good. And I, I don't, I, I'm sorry, I'm just awful at names, but you're, mm -hmm. you're, you're the artist you Lucas, work with. Lucas, Lucas Gettner. Yeah. Is, he really gets across a lot of kind of difficult concepts. I mean, there's some, there's some pages in there where it's just, that's impossible. Like, you somehow it, just the meaning that's carried across, not to discount the words, I'm a mm -hmm. verbal person, but there's some, there's some 
just powerful messages being thrown and just facial expressions, just background, you know, the little fiddly bits that it's like, God damn, that created a scene. And that's rare that I actually pointed out because I'm, I'm not a hugely visual person reading comics. Actually, sometimes I'll find myself going, oh, shit, I didn't even look at that picture. Yeah, I just no, I, do that too. I read the yeah. box. But his stuff, it's like, oh, crap, it's really jumping. It reminds me of... Uh, like the old, uh, the old like Sandman from the eighties, uh, with uh, uh, what's it? McKean did the cover of those, okay, where it's yeah. just like this kind of like, oh wow, this is actually rather beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll wrap it up just about now. But um, yeah, so uh, thumbs up to him. Next time you see him, tell him some you know random podcaster said he's quite good. All right, absolutely, yeah. and it, that is very true. Like, and that is that is one of the best things. Like one of my favorite things about his work on that book is he is so good at facial expressions and body language, and there's so much we've been able to do in that book because he can pull that stuff off uh that we never would have been able to do if he wasn't he he's just good at making characters act yeah uh you know among all the you know there's a bunch of other things he's really good at too uh you know, monsters i think he is I, I don't think anybody else in the business right now is as good as as he is at monsters and there are some like amazing people doing monsters out there i think lucas's are the best yeah Some of the best i've ever seen in my life well his work with the with uh penny is is okay. the, yep. oh mm-hmm. it's i mean spectacular like the kind of weird try aspect of it is really mm-hmm. just beautiful stuff and, you yeah. know nobody's even seen what she looks like under his skin yet we've yeah, seen bits of it yeah it's you know it's you know i have i mean i've seen it yeah. uh, we just haven't shown anybody yet oh that's cool so well that was gonna follow up so. i know you, you know not like you can announce it but this is well, obviously we've not seen the end of witch doctor this is yeah no okay. it's um yeah, witch doctor unfortunately witch doctor is kind of on hiatus for a while because yeah. um because I have to pay my bills, and that book does not pay my bills. That book does, oh man, that book really does not pay my bills. Yeah. Uh, and is, um, it does not pay my bills while taking about three times as long to produce as anything else I work on. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the scripts. Like the scripts are super quick and easy. I can do a script in, you know, I can do a script in a day and a half. Um, and have, you know, and I'll have fun and I'll be happy with it. But the entire process, everything involved has turned out to be incredibly time consuming. Um, and it, unfortunately it's just, it's just not been viable for me at this point in my life to be able to, to continue doing it right now. So I have had to, I have had to put the brakes on the book for a bit while I go, you know, keep the lights turned on. Yeah. And, well, I mean, you know, and the take lights on, turned on at Marvel. That's so, awesome. Well, so, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we'll, you know, we'll see. You know, yeah. we'll see. I am right now. I am for five issues. Yeah. I'm hoping it'll be for longer than that. That's but, still you know, awesome. We'll see. Yeah. No, I'm, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And, and, and even if that's all I get out of it, uh, you know, if, even if it's, if it's five issues and then I, I never work for them again yeah. and they never want me back again after that, it's, I still got those five issues and they are gorgeous. Um, I'm really, I'm really happy with the scripts that I've been doing. And then Carl Moline, who's doing the art, I thought, like, I, I'm a big fan of his from when he was doing Frey with uh, Joss Whedon. Um, I thought I knew how good it was going to be, and it's so much better than I, I ever could have imagined. It's so good. So, yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I really hope people check it out. Yeah, like, uh, February, you said it's coming out? Uh, January. January. Actually. That was yep, close. January 15th, at the I end. think. Quick, uh, two really quick ones. Uh, is there any specific reason you changed, uh, well, not that it's in Portland, but which doctor is portland-ish at uh, times it's i mean it's not really it was never really said in portland uh it's just got it's got portland oh, okay, yeah, it's uh, more of you know it's it's arkham oregon and that was yeah. my thought there was you know uh lovecraft stuff is set in arkham massachusetts which was you know 
loosely based on Salem, Massachusetts. And there's a Salem, Oregon. Yeah. We should make an Arkham, Oregon. So, yeah. So, it's honestly, it's more based on, you know, like um, scenery wise and stuff. It's more based on Astoria. But then it's got a bunch of, you know, whatever elements of other cities that I like, I put in there. So, there's a bunch of, um, there's a bunch of Portland in it. And then there's a bunch of other stuff that we've never gotten to that's stuff that I like from San Francisco or from like weird little towns or, you know. So, yeah. But yeah, so it's, it's never, it's, it's always been intended to be kind of like a, an Oregon, uh, Lovecraft reference more yeah. than anything else. That's kind of what I was assuming, but I wasn't sure if it was just the kind of, again, the yeah. limitations love, versus the positives. Yeah, no, of, it's, I know. love mm-hmm. Portland, but Portland, I don't consider Portland a very like spooky occult city. No, not really. Like I don't, I like, I don't. I just, I just don't. Yeah. I really don't. There's no ley lines for miles. Yeah, I mean, no, the it's, yeah, currents no, it's, just it's, pass right by us. Yeah, we, yeah. You know, it's not. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna buy it. Just yeah, every every issue is set in the Shanghai tunnels. It's yeah, just, which yeah, don't. Right, I mean, and that is if you do any research about it, then you, it doesn't even see. This is Arkham yeah. actually has real Shanghai tunnels that yeah. were actually built for that and were used for it and aren't just like some basements with with yeah. uh you know no and you know and. uh and a bunch of urban legends yeah. with no actual historical background to them. Yeah, sells the so, tour though. Yeah, yeah. And so. Uh, it's, so, just to close out, I know we're uh, running basically out of time, but quickly, uh, when you're writing books, I just I was looking at the uh, in DC they do it. I'm sure Marvel's moving that way too. But uh, with the Batman Beyond and Justice League Beyond, they're doing the essentially setting up digitally, putting out kind of half issues. Mm-hmm. And I've just heard other comics writers and artists talk about how that's kind of moving that way is that anything on your scope or are you just more you know just writing the books and you know well i think the only project that i've done uh that's 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 been released that we didn't talk about today is it's a book called spirit of the law spirit of the law for monkey brain and it was um it was a one shot but it was it was 22 pages and we divided it into two two kind of half issues um and released it digitally through comiXology uh, or through Monkey Brain via Comicsology, I should say. And so that is honestly, that's something that I've thought about a lot because that's a way you can do, everybody wants digital comics for a dollar, but as a publisher or as a artist or writer, uh, there is so little money there that it's basically impossible to do a full 22 page, 20 to 22 page comic for a dollar you're just going to go broke. Yeah. Um, so this was a way of doing, you know, for us, it was a way of doing, here is a satisfying chunk of story for a dollar. Um, and, you know, and in theory, we may actually, you know, get some beer money out of it at some point, something like that. So that is, it's something that I think about a lot. And it's actually something that I, um, I write towards in a lot of cases. And it's something that I am, there are specifically projects that I am planning to do in the future that will be digital first and it will be in 10 page increments for a dollar. Yeah, that's cool. Um, which to me, I like that a lot. It's sort of like, you know, it's, it's got this kind of like film serial pacing, uh, that I really like. And I, I would like to do, you know, 10 page comics for a dollar released every other week, uh, rather than, you know, 20, 22 page comics released once a month for, you know, uh, 299, $3.99, whatever. Yeah. No, I love the concept. So. That's really fun. And the DC thing they put out, like, an omnibus of it at the end of the month. I've, yeah. I've actually never yeah, no, seen one yeah. of those. I've just read the actual yep. issues. But, yeah, I like the idea, especially for kind of up-and-coming writers and comic book artists or whatever. If you're trying to release your, you know, homegrown stuff, I could see that being, like, a way to almost the podcast version to radio, you know, mm-hmm. up-and-comers to it. Uh, well, thank you for joining me. We're, we're past seven. I kept you five minutes too oh, long. Um, Somehow. Uh, I... um. 
anything, uh, my friend Mike, who is a up and coming comics guy, and I'm, I've written a few myself, uh, not in any way good, but I just get bored and write them. Uh, any like uh, advice for the guys that are starting and like you know do this thing? Um, if you want to be making comics and you want to be doing it, um, professionally, it's um. A huge amount of work for a very small amount of pay over a very long time frame, and you have to be okay with that. Um, you know, the, the well, you know, I, 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 you know, talk to a lot of people about, um, about you know, who want to break into comics about the process of breaking into comics. One of the things I don't usually talk about that is very germane is how small my apartments have been and how inexpensive and how, you know, and basically, you know, the, you know, the, you know, the the jobs that I had to work to get to the point that I am. And, um, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a long process. that's going to require a whole lot of sacrifices, but if it's for you, then it's totally worth it. Um, but don't think basically the thing is, you know, the thing that I always tell people is it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. You need to pace yourself. It's going to take a long, long goddamn time. Um, even for me, like I'm, I'm, I am more or less an overnight success. Um, and, we uh first sat down to work on Witch Doctor uh around this time in 2007 and prior to that the only reason that at that point I had my writing abilities at a professional degree and didn't need to spend years and years um working on my writing to get up to a professional level was because I had already had a career as a journalist so like I'd already put in the hours to develop that Lucas was already a professional illustrator. He'd already put in the hours. So it is, you know, it's a, it's a very long process. It's going to be a really long, grueling process. Um, if that discourages you, you weren't cut out for this to begin with and you will be much happier if you don't try it. Uh, if that doesn't discourage you, then great. Um, and yeah, so it is like there is, you know, and, you know, it is, it is something that I am really, really happy that I have done this. Um, I'm really happy. It's been, it's been extremely difficult at times. It continues to be extremely difficult, but for me, it's amazingly rewarding and so much more rewarding than anything else I could have done because of who I am as a person and how much I love this, this medium. Um, and, um, so I think, I think for some people, I think for most people, it's not going to work. For some people, it's going to be amazing. You just have to, you know, just have to stick with it. Yeah. All right. So put your 10,000 hours in to get proficient. Yep. Do five years of even harder work, and then you can be an overnight success. Yep. No, oh, this is, yeah, I mean, the metric, the metric <laughs> yeah. in any, you know, in any creative profession, you know, the, the, um, the cliche is always, it, it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. Yeah. And a lot of people are never overnight successes. So yeah. it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's an even longer process. Yeah. But for me, it was about seven years to be an overnight success. Oh, but it's so, good. Yeah. yeah. You got you know, three years that, of, right? You know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So, um, three years up on the competition that you can be like, Hey, look, I'm the young guy on the block. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, all right, cool. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Yeah, I really appreciate you me. finding, uh, finding the time to come on. Absolutely. And, uh, let's see, uh, your website is, do you have a, like a kind of gathering? Ground or? Um, yeah, I'm on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Brandon T. Seifert. Last name is spelled S E I F E R T. I'm on Twitter. That's at Brandon T. Seifert. S E I F E R T. Um, and then I've got some other stuff. I've got websites and blogs and stuff that I just, I'm always falling off the wagon on updating. Um, so those are the, those are the good places to actually follow and see what I'm doing. 
Uh, yeah, uh, you're a good one to follow on Twitter. I am. So, uh, I am following you. So um, yeah, I will uh, post links to that on the uh, website for the episode. And yes, uh, thank you again. And everybody have a delightful and uh, fun-filled evening, day, week, lunch, whatever. All right, uh, bye.